we, we you were talking earlier about AI. Yeah, uh, obviously your episode of the week had I were blissfully unaware about it. Were you? I'd sort of heard little snippets, but I didn't realise how far it had moved on. And and then after hearing your episode, I went and had a, a listen at one or two of these uh, songs that are being put out. Yeah, like the Freddie Mercury ones and stuff like that. And yeah, they're not. You can tell that it's not Freddie Mercury. Obviously, no, he's been dead twenty years, but and you can tell so and so and so and so. But the the artists that I'm not familiar with, i.e., was it Drake? Yeah. And someone else has had, uh, but I wouldn't know whether that were the real thing or not, purely yeah. because I'm not familiar with their work. Yeah. So, but I just see ramifications for this, not just in music industry, across the board, everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere you look, this AI is going to be maybe an issue. Yeah, it's going to be an issue. Do you think it's going to be an issue or is there going to be more negatives than positives? I think initially, like everything, there's going to be loads of negatives because remember when we started getting really deep into internet and what have you, everybody was saying that, you know, this is not the way we should be going. Now we just accept it as a, a given. So maybe after 20 years of AI, it will be fine and dandy. What were we all worried about type of attitude? Well, yeah, I there, like there will be that. There will be an element of... Uh, think it'll last? Yes, I do. Yeah, I do. I think... It will. It's going to take a while to I take think, off. I think it'll last, but yeah. I still stand by what I was saying last week. Where, not last week, but the last episode where we were saying, when the joke's over, the joke's over, and that becomes a, a, a short-lived lifespan. When you've seen Freddie Mercury sing Al Jolson yeah. and you've seen him sing Britney Spears and you've seen Muddy Waters sing Justin Timberlake, then that joke's finished. Yeah, that that's a short lifespan. That particular joke is finished, but I think the actual concept itself will go much further. I think it'll be a way that we'll have to adapt and it'll be re-categorised yeah. as something else. And that's what I was saying. It'll be music, but it, 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 that bit, like the Freddie Mercury singing uh, The Final Countdown or whatever, that, that, that's just a gimmick. But the actual... Yeah. The, the technology behind it will be utilised. I think there's a lot. Oh, yeah. I think there's a lot more to come yet. We haven't seen. Any I think there is. They haven't scratched surface yet. I don't know whether you saw. Interestingly, the guy that uh, is one at forefront of these uh, of this thing, he'd been before some Senate committee, and he'd, he's asked them yeah. to put boundaries on him because even he is worried how far he can take this. Well, this is one of the things. So he's asked them to put some. Restraints in place. Yeah, but is it going to? Is it yeah. going to adhere to them? Elon Musk. For, so the the big AI at the moment it's called OpenAI and it's a ChatGPT and it's these things you're seeing now. It, uh, Elon Musk was one of the first like investors and he was ahead of it. But he stepped away because he was focusing on Tesla and all his other stuff. And he's been preaching like the concern about AI and um, like you know Skynet from um, Terminator and all that sort of stuff. He's worried that there's not enough regulations. He wants it to be treated like a nuclear warfare, as in like it needs to be a global treaty of agreement of what we're going to do with it. Yeah. Well, you're essentially growing a god that's smarter and more capable than we could yeah. ever be. They're good words, but what happens behind said, closed doors? said that with social media and look what happened to that. There's no, there's no license, there's no governing body on that. Well, that, that's the learning curve we've learned from social media. Like, we now know that social media is really bad for mental health. It's not good for teenagers. It's not good for esteem. Um, it's, it's, I mean, it's going to be ripe for manipul uh, for political manipulation, AI, especially if AI can do deep fakes of Biden saying that he likes, I don't know, chicken wings or whatever. 
then there's going to be some pudding on the Bible Belt who's going to see a video and believe it. Hmm. Um, the Conservatives, are, I can't remember what they are, the Democrats or whatever they are in America. Republicans. Republicans. They have already produced an AI video of Biden doing stuff that he's not actually done. So AI can do videos now. Because it's getting... And they're using it as a campaign. Yeah. It's, so, it's getting so, a little bit too old for this job at the minute. Well, to be honest, I think yeah. AI is going to do a better job than Joe Biden. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Apologies I, to any uh, American listeners in Listenerland, aren't they? Yeah. It's... Well, AI... It's unfortunate. He's always wanted that position. That he's got to age where he is now, where he can't really function properly. The, what is he, 83? Yeah, it's still, you know, but come on, let's get an old, let's get a young, younger man in there so we can get some... AI wouldn't have a personal agenda, would it? It'd not be their financial game. No, no. Whereas all no. politicians... You can only get to say what other people wanted to say, though. Well, no, not necessarily, because some of them are... There's a point, so there are prompts you have to put in for AI now, right? Yeah, but if somebody's going to have uh, Joe Biden saying something... He's going to want him to say certain things that represent that party. He's not going to want him to say, we want to bring back hanging and anti-abortion. He's going to be pro their policies. Aren't yeah, that's, that's somebody using AI like a puppet to do something. Yeah. That, but that's just like, so he's using AI to create video content or, is, or, or audio content. stopping them but AI, from people making Joe Biden say that. But AI will get to a point where it won't need human prompts. It'll just be... It'll be making decisions. So they trained it on uh, on certain models and stuff. And I think I mentioned this in one of the episodes. AI it was trained on certain language models and it wanted it to solve some sort of thing from some historical text. And what it ended up doing is learning like four new tribe languages that it wasn't told to learn. And there's not hardly any writing on it, but it learned the language. Isn't that, in, in that AI thinking for itself? Well, there's this big and debate want, about sentient and, AI. And they wanted it to not do that. Which is on its way. And it's, it's coming very quickly. So they yeah. can't stop it doing that? No, and this is the concern. Yeah. They want to yeah. stop it. Yeah, yeah, of course they do. So it's the, the worry isn't necessarily about what humans will prompt AI to do. It's what AI will do without prompt. Yeah. Right. It's like, so right, yeah. if you're going to build a road and there's an anthill in the middle of this road, you just brush it to one side. You don't care because it's in the way of your path. That's the concern about the AI. Like a- so AI is going to be so big and powerful that you might see us human civilization is just an anthill and it's 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 we're just in the way of it so is it like a malfunction is it a malfunction um in what way what do you mean well if it's thinking of its if it's thinking of things on its own malfunction i don't know i don't think so i think that's the the area that we wanted to go in i think it's just a i think that means it's it's working as a success if it can't be stopped well, that that's not necessarily a good thing, not necessarily a bad thing. I think the problem is, is it's either going to be fantastic for the human race, and we're going to live in abundance, or it will solve a lot of problems. It will. It could go it bad. Thinks outside of the box naturally, as we have to think outside of the box. It's if you understand already, what I mean. Yeah. It's it's already unfolded create, protein, so create a lot of problems as well. I was always of the opinion that computers could never take over the world because they're only as good as the person that's programming. Now. This AI negates all that. I, yeah. I think that eventually it won't need any programming, which is the this is a scenario thing. that yeah. A, a good example of how um, artificial intelligence is going to be great for humanity is the fact that it's managed to decode protein, and it's like a protein under a microscope. It looks like like a folded ribbon, a bit of a nest of a ribbon, which doesn't make any sense. And they're trying to understand how it's built and how it falls in on each other. Because if you can understand protein, you can understand diseases, you can understand medicines and cures and stuff. And it's been able to crack protein and unfold it. So you've got like a map of it. 
and there's been humans working on that for generations and no one's been able to get as close as as that managed in like months how can the what, what's the end result they're looking for to now they've unraveled the protein probably reverse aging or anti-aging all oh, right so they're treating aging like a disease so like aging can be a, a, a they can stop you aging john but you will always be old <laughs> why you can stop where you are now but if you get to 90 you'll still look like you are now but you'll still die because you just stop getting any help no they can reverse aging you can reverse aging or reverse the aging well, effect so like, can die, reverse aging. So like you go up to like benjamin the Button. Agent, then they reverse it that you end up dying at like eight well they did tests on a mouse um into they need to be like china they'll all restrict everybody to one child well, I don't know if it still applies, but they did a test not, on a mouse not, where not they, idea, not a bad thing. they reduced the eyesight of a mouse, which was like 18 equivalent, whatever years, and its eyesight were rejuvenated. And then the, the apparently doing it on skin cells is really simple. It's this, it, there are th it's something like CTB or whatever, and it's it's essentially the body forgets to regenerate cells. So it's, it's this trigger that needs resetting the body. Yeah. Um, and during COVID and all the lockdown, just gave scientists a lot of time to actually work on projects. So will this thing be out next week? It'll be out next Tuesday, and you'll be able to get it from Boots next to the toothpaste aisle. Well, that's what I'm saying. So you could have your earring back, and I could have my eyesight. Because that's what I'm saying. Because if it is all out of a sudden, we're going to make fun of it. Days, I don't need to get my eyesight. You test. don't know. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, if you can, if you can last while Tuesday, you can just pop one of them in and find them dandy or. Well, you can see that there's obvious advantages to it, which would aid humanity but it's that that troubles me and i know everybody's thinking oh it's total recall but it in a way it is you know where they're starting to think for themselves and they start to produce you know by the way it was terminator yeah i was just thinking it's terminator. Right. terminator it was a terminator oh sorry do you know i just come here to anyway <laughs> you've got total recall no and what they do is <laughs> and it's everybody's frightened of that and to a certain extent, it's understandable because once they start thinking for themselves and they start learning emotions, then that's because they don't, at the moment, they don't know what an emotion is. And it's a very human thing, isn't it? An emotion. But once, if they start to crack that, then they can manipulate everything, can't they? Yeah, one of the concerns is that because it's learning from like the internet and all, all sorts of records and all that sort of gubbins. It's learning from how we've used the world. What, in Total Recall? In, in uh, Back to the Future, that's right. That's right. Um, so, one of, the, one, in 1955. one of the concerns is that it's just going to be really good at manipulating us because it's going to learn from us as, as human manipulators, but it'll be better yeah. than we are. So it'll get us to do things. Picking you up here on uh, Back to the Future, set in 1955. But the guitar were invented in 1958. Correct. Anyway, um, welcome everybody to another Again. beautiful buttery rendition of the Soundcheck podcast. Um, and we have an additional guest in the show tonight. We have the normal suspects, which was not, not normal about Wayne, but Wayne's in the house, Louis in the house, oh, and we have John in the house as well tonight. Good evening, everybody. Good evening, Lisselin. Good evening, everybody, and good evening, Mr. Fox, and welcome to Grumps. Thanks for inviting me, guys. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and there it ends. Good night. Stand out of breath. He's messing with his knobs. Oh. Can we just start this off with? I think we should give our respects to the passing of Miss Tina Turner this week. Oh yeah, we lost a great yeah. icon. Bit of a shock that one. 80, Eighty-three years old. 
Well, I think we've lost two icons this week, Wayne. You're forgetting the great Rolf Harris. Like I said, we lost one big icon this week. Nobody did guess what it was yet, though, did they? Yeah. No. He left that mystery. And, and, now, we'll, and now we'll never know. He exactly. took it to his grave. He took it to his grave on his big wobbly board. Yes. With his didgeridoo hanging out. Ooh. Yeah. Oh. Right. No, Cancelled. We lost Tina. <laughs> Tina Turner, yeah. Yes, big loss. She's been getting a few mentions lately, though, hasn't she? So it's only fair that we do say, you know, it's unfortunate. You know, 83. 83. Still living in Switzerland. Apparently a long illness. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know she was ill. Well, she don't ring you, does she, anymore? No, I had spoke to her for about two months, maybe. <laughs> I think it's been, she's been over longer than that. Yeah. The first mention of her death in Switzerland, I thought, no, please don't tell me it's Dignitas. <laughs> Not Dignitas. Apparently she was attacked by a Toblerone. A what? Oh, dear. She was attacked by a Toblerone. The nasty. The, the, the aggressive <laughs> hey, sweetie. It's a violent sweetie, <laughs> as well you know. <laughs> The nasty. <laughs> has, uh, has anybody got any news this week? Anything that's piqued their interest? Well, uh, going back to one of your previous episodes, when you were speculating about who would be the next drummer for the yes. Foot Fighters, they have named him now. Yes, they have. Josh yeah. Reese. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm really glad it's gone to him. And I didn't know of him. I've got to be honest, I didn't know of him. He's a big session player. Yeah, but he's been their touring drummer for nine years. Is it nine years? He's, he's long-time friends with the foot. Yeah, and I think that's that's fair. It, I think he would have been really pissed off if somebody 16-year-old kid had got it. it yeah. Just because his dad's fair. I didn't, I didn't get the negativity about uh, Rufus Taylor. Did you know Rufus Taylor's been playing drums for Darkness for the last four or five years? Yeah. but so, I, I, I mean, he's pretty accomplished and... The last time I went to see Queen, uh, Rufus played alongside his dad yeah. uh, as a percussionist. Well, so he's, he's yeah. Got pedigree. That's, that's fine. That's fine. I just wanted them to have somebody. Uh, I suppose it was not as high profile. And they picked the perfect person for me. Yeah. But the people that know Josh Freese is pretty high profile. Okay. I'm not a drummer. Neither am I. <laughs> I'm led to believe he's pretty high profile in what he does. Well, that's, that's fair enough. Um, it was never a question about whether they were capable. It was just, it was just, uh, what I didn't want, I didn't want his son to take over and I didn't want some, uh, celebrity son. Yeah. I didn't, I, I want, it's, it's turned out there exactly how I wished it would. I didn't think of, I didn't know this chap, so I didn't really, I didn't really think about him. He didn't go into the equation, but it just fit the bill so well for me, that kid. Yeah. I enjoyed how they introduced him as well. They did a live stream, didn't they? And they kept having like people come in and say, "Oh, um, uh, was, I think I'm Double Parks or something like that," and like all the famous drummers popping in and out. Yeah. And then eventually it was re revealed that he was like at the back saying, "Are we going to do a gig or a song or what?" And then they did a live stream. Do you think they're all smoke screens? What do you mean? These are the people that yeah, they, they it was. Up. Yeah, it was a joke. Yeah. It was like a live stream video uh, in a like it was black and white, and they're all stood in a circle doing a jam. And right. um, it was like. I don't know if half an hour long. They did a few songs. Oh, right. and people kept okay. popping in just before they started playing, and it never showed you the drummer. And, people, and it was all the, it was famous drummers from other bands popping in, saying, "Hi oh, guys, you ready?" Like, hey. yeah. and then then they'd leave the room because it weren't anything to do with it, like playing music. And then eventually it was like the camera turned around and it was the drummer saying, "Are we going to play a song or what?" And then they started right. to play the songs. So that was an interesting and fun way that. Yeah. They, was that ever true yeah. that uh, Lars tried out for Dream Theater? Uh, I, never, I, I don't know whether it was an urban myth, but Dream Theatre did a three-part documentary 
documenting their search for Mike Portnoy's replacement. Very good if you ever get a chance to see Yeah, it. yeah. And Lars Ulrich weren't one of them. No. But, this, but that was part of rumour, weren't it? And it, it, apparently the rumour was. I think it's urban just an urban myth, myth, to be honest. And he turned up, you know, that bad. He couldn't look. It was, but I was thinking, well, why would he leave Metallica? Personally, I don't think he could play Dream Theatre songs. No, no. And uh, You're a big fan of Dream Theatre, aren't you? Used to be. I'm, I've, I've sort of waned uh, over the past few years. I've disappeared from that style of music. Is it the music style or is it just they're not producing stuff that's appealing to you? Probably gone off that style of music. Right, right. Over the past three or four years. I listened to the concept album that they did and I think even your most diehard Dream Theatre fan would say that's pretty poor. Really? For a band of that stature. Yeah. What was uh, poor about it? What was... You know, concept, concept albums have got to be built on a strong concept. What was the concept? I don't know. I can't remember now. It's a very outer space Vague, was it? A planet where music didn't exist and uh. somebody had, were doing underground music. It all, uh, it didn't ring true for me. And and I think they quickly realised that maybe that's not where they're... Although they have done some albums what have, have been labelled as concepts in the past, but this were built around a particular story. Right. Not a bunch of songs that sort of followed on and made sense, if you like. Yeah. And like I say, even your most die dream theatre fan would probably say it's not their best moment. They were trying to do the wall, were they? I don't think they were trying to do the wall, no. I think they were just trying to be a bit too clever for their own good. And it, for me, it didn't pay off. And they've done two albums since that, and I have listened to neither. Right, the sport is for you. I, I, I think I've just gone off that sort of music. Right. You do, though, don't you? Yeah. I mean, I know you're still a big glam rock fan, but... Always will be. That was my music. Yeah. Born in the 60s. By the time I got to uh, listening and thinking about music, really, uh, it was 71, 72, 73. That was when glam rock was really blowing up. Yeah. So that, and they always say, you know, your first music, it shapes your liking of music forever. Yeah. It's it's your nostalgic path, isn't it? It's your nostalgic yeah. root chord, so to speak. Takes you back. So I've always loved that sort of thing. Hence, you know, I've always liked Bowie. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, he, he spans many generations and decades. And yet still, and he's been, Wayne Hayes... And he's been iconic in every, you know, reinvention of himself. Yeah, yeah. every facet of creativity. He's been not like that he's lasted so long and he's never sung a song. He just talks his way through to music. Every song. Every song. There you go. Well, that's how skillful he is. He doesn't need to sing if he can well, just talk his way to us. He'd make it, well, he would have made a great duet with Dickinson. I mean, I'd hardly say it was William Shatner singing imagine Rocket a, Man. Imagine a duet with him. Andrew Dickinson. Him and, him and Dickinson, <laughs> both together. David Dickinson. Yeah. On about antiques. Singing a song about antiques. There's a brass knob waiting on the shelf. I when think you're it's going, 18th you're century. Wait, oh, just got to talk. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, horrendous. And Elton John on piano. Oh. See, again. Give me, give me the album. Back to early 70s. Elton John, <laughs> tremendous. Slade were my favourite band. They're not wrong with Slade. Something Slade. about the excellent band. Yeah. T-Rex, Mott the Hoople. Well, on some happier news. Yeah. Uh, Beyonce and Jay-Z is moving into the new mansion. In California. Oh, right. 200 million they've paid for it. Yeah. Do you know why they've got that much money to spend? <laughs> 200 it million. It really ticked me off, this. 
It was a, it was, I was watching news of the night. Cost of grafted for it, could that be? Sorry? Cost of grafted for it. Is that what you really think? Could it be that? Uh, no. It was some... I, I, I want to be polite because I don't know the person, because, but he was talking to some reporter on TV and he, and he described Beyonce as an icon. Okay, wow. it might be an icon to him. I mean... No, no, that's fair enough. If that's his opinion, fair enough. Beyonce is an icon. Beyonce is an icon. I would say she is. Yeah, she is. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, great. But my, my point, my objection is that she's done, she's already got pre-sales on her concert seats of, of in excess of 350,000 yeah. on this, this world tour that she's doing. Uh, she's... She started off in Sweden, I believe. And now I've had a look on internet to see what prices I could get. And the cheapest I could get for a seat in England, and it's at Tottenham Ground, and it was £147. £147 for a seat. So bearing in mind, 350,000 seats have already been sold throughout the world. And the cheapest seat in England I could find was £147 at Tottenham Ground. It does come with its free telescope, though. Oh, right. Yeah. She's just done, last week she did uh, Sunderland Stadium of Light. Yeah. And a friend of ours went with her two daughters. I bet it was good. And I saw some footage on the old uh, Book of Face, and it looked a tremendous show. Yeah. Tremendous show. It grossing on each show between right. 10 and 15 million. But that's where touring now is where bands make the money. Oh, it is, yeah. It's, uh, it never used to be. It used to be a loss leader for them. Yeah. My point is the amount she's grossing, the amount she's grossing. And do you know what hourly rate is for a private show? Oh, she oh, she the one in Dubai, didn't she? It's got to be 24 million. million. Yeah. 24 million. I guess we'll not be booking her. Well, 24 million. Now, and when she turns around to, to these people that are calling her icon, she says, I do it for the fans. If it wasn't for the fans... I, I do it for the fans. The no. thing is, you got to remember no, that it's... she's not one of those. She isn't. And she's like... just bought a three hundred million pound. Yeah, but she's twenty million pound in uh, in is it Malibu in California? I don't care where it is. It could be on moon for all I care. Overlooking. Us, I think she's just think. exploiting these fans. She's not one of those acts that you're going to see for thirty five quid at the local hotel. No, I get that. She's this high caliber act that has a big production value, as big sound, I don't know. Right, She's doing it for the fans, so reduce price of your tickets, let everybody get to see your shows, not just them that can afford it, I them that, that, that can't see your show because they can't afford it. I don't think she's and, on her own. And then do it for your fans. Yeah. There are I've a lot just, of people I've, like that. I've just looked today at uh, price of tickets for Pink. She's doing Bolton Football Ground. Uh, and Pink's cheapest one is 167 quid. Well, she's just as bad. Well, then. don't forget Ticketmaster taking back. Uh, they, they, it's people like these that actually drive the bit. price of it. Because it's not her that makes the price up, is it? It's the venue. No, I, 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 I get that. I understand all that. I want, it's, it's all the robbing people that's in, in between. Friends of ours went to see uh, Pink at Anfield for two tickets, £400. Yeah. And they asked me and Mrs. if we wanted to go, and I said, I'm not paying £400 for two tickets. As good as Pink is, and I think she's tremendous, I just think it's scandalous what they charge. It is. And it's not just Beyonce, and it's not just Pink, and it's same could be said for most artists nowadays, because that is where their main revenue stream comes from, gigging nowadays. You get your what? best value seeing a gig at a festival. You can yeah. pay 300 quid to go to a festival when you can see a, 
Yeah, loads of artists. I priced, I, I priced yeah. tickets up for Joe's tour. Um, he were in Leeds. What was that? Joe Bonamassa. Oh, sorry. He was in Leeds. Come on, John, you've listened to enough of these podcasts. Th- you know he always gets a mention. So, hold on, I just need to clarify, it's definitely not Joe Pasquale. No, right. no. He so were in Leeds two weeks ago, right. and the venue was charging um, a £25 booking charge. Oh, come on. And it's all online. What the, what, what's the that, that is the reason why, I, that is the only reason why I didn't go. Because, because thought, that's the venue not, you like best, yeah, isn't it, Leeds? Yeah, it was yeah. great. I've seen him twice there. It's yeah. brilliant. It's a great venue. But I've never paid 25 quid booking charge. And I was like, why are they charging 25 pound now? Hey, it's a lot. That internet does that a lot of work. Absolutely crazy. It's, it's not... The f- I understand that that's the only way they get their revenue. But like John just pointed out, that is not the only way. They're not the only people that's dictating these prices. And again, it's greed. It's just greed. I but think. I, I think. I, I don't I, think for one minute that the artist sits down and says, "No, they don't." I want to charge the public no. this. No, they don't. No, it's they don't. the agent, the booking agent, the venue, and the management. I mean, but, you but, were telling us a story, weren't you, the week, Wayne, about somebody? Was it? Was it you or Wayne Louis that they were trying to keep their prices down to a minimum? Well, it were you, weren't it? Yeah, I'm talking about 1975. Yeah, they were, trying to, they were trying to keep them down to a minimum, but they're not going to win that battle. But again, no. all that is, I mean, you could you could say that that is marketing propaganda because he's talking to, he's being interviewed and he's, he's being this like protest about saying, oh, I want to bring down prices and stuff like that. But like, have they brought down prices? I don't know. And he's currently going out with Taylor Swift, who's this massive female star who also charged an absolute fortune for tickets. Yeah. Who comes from a wealthy family. So when you were talking about Beyonce, I saw a clip of her talking about what drives her. And she says, unlike a lot of artists, uh, their drive is coming from a poor background and wants to do better. Uh, They they see this thing, they want to to drive their career, they want to get successful, blah, blah, blah. She says her drive is that she came from a quite well-to-do middle-class family and she wants to uh, succeed like her parents. And she wants to what, sorry? Succeed like her parents. Because her dad was a manager when she was in Beyonce. So when she was in uh, Destiny's Child and she happened to be the lead singer. Oh, coincidence. Yeah, well, this, I, I just think it's greed. I think it's it's unadulterated greed at exploiting these fans that she so, thinks so much about. I think it's wrong. Yeah, but people are prepared to pay it. Yeah, I never see empty well, Yeah, yeah. No. If 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 they if they're prepared to pay, then more for them. And I I never understand these these meet and greets that people do as well. They pay an absolute fortune to have a meet and oh, greet. Oh, what what would it hear today? But there was a meet and greet for somebody. I think it were Eagles. Yeah, the Eagles are notorious. Is it ten grand? Ten grand. I, don't know. I mean, I looked some years ago when they came last time they came to England. Not for a meet and greet, just to go and see them and to get a pretty good seat. And they wanted six hundred pound. Uh, look, I've got so to be honest. Two of us. Wow. That's, I mean, that's a holiday. It's a week's holiday somewhere. Yeah. You can yeah. pay three like, quid in town and get like people like sitting around. Like I said, the week with that tribute to Jeff Beck at um, down London. Yeah. £400 a ticket. Yeah. I watched and the best of that online. And they I, all, I, I don't think it's been particularly good, what I've seen. We're doing it for no, us. We're doing it because we were friends of his. What, and charging 400 quid? It wasn't that much of a friend then, was it? But the thing is, you can't blame the artist because I don't think it's them that's setting these prices. Oh, no. He's dead. They, they'd have done it. I think they'd have done it for yeah. free. <laughs> But it's everybody that gets involved. All the but don't you think they should greedy articles that want to take a they should make a sense as look. Oh my! We charge fifty pound tops per ticket, or we're not doing this. Well, then again, the, the venue we'll needs to be high. Does we'll it? go and do it somewhere else? I wish they would. The, the security, there'll be staff. 
there'll be stuff the the building needs to be hired there's electricity to be paid i, I don't know what the, the minimal cost would be now yeah but everything else is, is, the, is it does it warrant 400 pound a ticket no no no, no, no it doesn't do no it doesn't Again, it's just ripping people off because they know that people will want to go and watch six, seven, eight, nine top guitarists play Beck's stuff. And did you watch so any of them? They just rip you here. The, no, what I saw, not a one of them could lace Jeff Beck's boots. I've not seen I, any footage I, yet. I, I I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not had a look yet. I know I'm, they're I'm all, going to. They're all knocking on a bit, but my God, it felt old. It, like everyone's wearing clothes that don't fit them anymore. Do you, know, when, do you know when they get to that age where it's like, oh, you've stopped buying new clothes, what fit you? And they're like, it, it's like, the, uh, it's, yeah, it'll yeah, be weird. Yeah, I don't know what you mean. Ronnie Wood, he was getting on my nerves. <laughs> he turns up at everything, doesn't he? It, it does. He were a mate here, so. I saw him, there was a new Tesco that opened the other day and he was there. <laughs> it would they do be. say Ronnie Wood would turn up at opening of an envelope. Yeah, yeah. He, he knows everybody in industry. Yeah, but he's very well liked. Yeah, Ronnie Wood is very well liked. Yeah, he, yeah, you know he got on with his mucker again, Rod Stewart, and they were comparing noses. <laughs> <laughs> I think and, Rod's won that one. Well, I tell you something. I've always been a big Stewart fan. Always been a big Rod Stewart fan. He needs to stop. Yeah, his singing were. It's they get to a certain stage where it, it just don't work anymore, and it's. If they can't use augmentation, as we've discussed before, then it's not going to work, is it? Do you know who he's looking at like these days? Uh, it's looking like Hoggle, but with a wig. Yes, he is. Hoggle is from Labyrinth, um, by the way. He's, 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 yes, he's got his little Labyrinth. spindly legs. He's, he's hiding a walk, and he's got his, he's got facial features that are outgrowing uh, him, himself. <laughs> <laughs> How old is he? Nobody knows. 70... Late 70s, isn't it? Certainly mid-70s. Yeah. Yeah, it is Tammy packed in there. Uh, his voice is, I mean, it's gone. And I hate to say that because I'm a massive Rod Stewart fan. I always have been. Been to see him live and I thought he was great. Hmm. Really good. Where did you see him? At Arena. But he did. Oh, he, did he started off doing a uh, rock and roll show, then midway through it, went off and everybody got dressed in the tuxedos and he did the Great British, the Great American Songbook. Ah, right. Which I thought were brilliant. Fantastic. Then he finished the night off with. Uh, another set of rock and roll them. Right. And he just carried, he, he managed to pull it all off. My missus said to me, because I was silent during the American song walk, she says, you're not enjoying this, are you? I says, I am. I'm just taking it all in how good he's doing it. And I really took my hat off to him for that. He did it great. It's getting quite sad now, is it? Because, I mean, Rod isn't dead, but he... he's not what he used to be. And, it's a bit and that's a bad thing, isn't it? We remember how good they were. But looking at the Jeff Beck tribute thing, you, you're looking at all these people on stage and it's like, oh, this is a bit sad. Yeah. All these greats are now getting old and past their prime. And then you got Tina Turner that's died. All these people that you just expect to never get old and, you know. To and, there's nobody, and there's nobody taking the place. Yeah, that's it. There, there's no one filling the shadows. It's just yeah. I think there are a lot of people out there capable of filling these slots, you know. But I, I don't think... To the extent given, of what they were. No. If, if only they were given chance. Who's that? Yeah, I mean, you you know, some tremendous guitarists out there. Yeah, there is. But what, tremendous like, new bands. So who would you say now is going to be the next Tina Turner? I don't know if it's a question of that because you, they would just be emulating. Well, she's it, left... You need someone to push it forward. Yeah, but she's left a big hole, so there's a hole there to fill. You could say Beyonce has so, taken Tina's place. But, yeah, I never yeah. like to look at it as who's going to be the next whoever because that, that, it, it does the... No, but, she, but she's, left, she's left a hole for somebody there to... to to go and do. I don't think anyone needs to fill it. No, I agree with you. 
because it does an injustice to the people who you're asking to fill that thing. They shouldn't be asked, they shouldn't be trying to fill a Tina Turner shape at all. They should just be stepping I'm up. Sorry, can place. you rephrase that? <laughs> that just no. don't work for me. Yes, uh, cut that one. No, 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 I'm not on about that. Tina Turner shaped hole, not sized. <laughs> I'm not saying that the they're, that they're being asked to go out and fill her shoes. What I'm saying is, is who is going to come up and do for the next 40, 50 years what Tina Turner's done for the last 40, 50 years? Well, you've already got mentioned one not, earlier. I hope it's not Pink. Beyonce. She's been at top of the game for 20 years. Oh. And Pink. But, well, all right, yeah. Pink, you've got Beyonce. She's yeah, been Pink. at top of the game yeah, I don't, for 20 no, years. I don't think Beyonce can. So can, is it, She's a great is it unreasonable to think that they're going to be there for another time? See, we can't expect them to do what I could see Tina Pink. did. I could see Pink. Because right. Tina's from that era where that type of soul r&b as we know it came from the new generation aren't necessarily of that generation so they, they, they're not going to be doing exactly the same thing the music has moved on and, and the competition to be, quite, to be quite fair though nobody's got the legs to fill tina turner's on no well no <laughs> but the, the difference with tina turner is that she was uh soul and blues but she wanted to be rock and roll at the yeah. time it was very difficult for a female artist and black artist in america to be rock and roll and it wasn't until she got to the UK and Europe that she really got into a stride and became rock and roll artist. And as you pointed out the other other week, the reason she were able to do that was from because of two people from Sheffield. Yeah, yeah. from a local band. Yeah, and they they reinvented her. I think she's one of them very few people where, regardless of what genre you like or you follow, you like. Her stuff is she the last of that generation? Regardless of I that, I can't really think of anybody else. It could be a punk, well, she an indie, around, she? a pop. She's she releasing it all like Tina Turner. I can't remember the last thing she did re release, but she's still around. Do you know anything about Cher? No, is she, is she releasing it? Is she still active in the music scene? I mean, I've got a little fact for you about Cher if you'd like to know that. I would, yeah, I'm going to share this fact with you, <laughs> right. Oh, I think I've actually ruined this fact because I haven't given it away too too early. Uh, all right, so the Righteous Brothers, yeah, you've lost that loving feeling, yeah, yeah. You know the song, yeah. Cher sings the backing vocals for it. Does she really? She does. Facts with Louis, Louis, Louis. <laughs> you want to put a big echo on that? I just did it. Lots, just of did it. Where lots of reverb. <laughs> that's to, that's a good, good point. That Louis, thank you, thank you. Yeah. Where will we? I'm sure there'll be more of those as we go on. Hopefully. hopefully. The usual is. Ooh, a fact threat. <laughs> oh, if we're doing facts, if we're doing facts. It's got to be a link to what we're talking about, though. You can't just chuck them in. Oh, okay. All right. I'll, I'll put that one about cocaine away then. <laughs> Get something else. Yeah, Colombian marching powder. There's a story for you. No. I was once in Colombia. <laughs> and my nickname at the time was The Mule. <laughs> Because I had quite a kick. <laughs> no. And I was hung and, like a... And two big sulks. <laughs> I actually had a hotel room with him. <laughs> I was on the dog shelf, let me tell you. Only once. Only once. Yeah. Once was enough. Three times a lady. Right, I've got a question for you. And I, I wouldn't have guessed this in a million guesses, but... Who holds the record for smashing the most guitars live on stage? I mean, the obvious answer would be Pete Townsend. Would be the obvious answer. So would be, be the obvious answer. But do you think I'm that obvious? No. No. Um, no. Daniel or Donald? Ah, 
is good, Thank you. but is wrong. Oh. Now, this is certified by the Guinness Book of World Records. But I'm a little bit peeved that there is such a record. Yes, me too. Wait till you find out the number. You're even more peeved. Because I don't think it's big and it's not No, clever. it's not big and it's not Isn't clever. there a song about um, not smashing a perfectly good guitar? That's right. By John Ayer. Yes. An excellent musician. Great song. It was only 2004, the 2004 tour. Now, if I tell you the band, you'll all jump in with the name of the guitarist. It was done by Matt Bellamy. Mills. Mills. Yeah. You wouldn't have thought that, would you? No. No. 2004, he smashed a total of 140 guitars. I've seen him play live twice and he never started I've, I've never seen any. He got a left, that's why. Well, this is 2004 tour, and he smashed 104 guitars, 40 guitars. And that's, by the Guinness Book of World Records, is the world record. That's a bit of a lame record, though, isn't it? Well, it's, it's, well, would you really want that record? No, it's a record that shouldn't exist. I'm not amused. Well, <laughs> yeah. oh, Write it down, write it down. Yeah. The reason I bring it up is because I know it would not split opinions because we'd all be agreed that it's a, it's a stupid thing to do, but isn't it a stupid thing to do? Yes. How stupid is it? What does it prove? I never understood why Pete Townsend did it. He could just give a guitar away to the audience if he wants to get rid of a guitar. There's some kid out there that can't afford a guitar and he's smashing it up on stage. Yeah, just like say, all right, yeah, yeah, I get that. Yeah. Makes a lot more sense to me than breaking the thing to bits. You get more attention by giving it to somebody in the crowd. I I, I don't like it. He I used, really don't he like it. He used to be a serial smasher, Richie Blackmore. Yeah, he's just... But what he did towards, and the, amps end, as well. towards the end of the show, he'd go off side stage and he would pick... Maybe a squire strap, uh, just to finish uh, whatever, and then smash the hell out of that, rather than smashing the hell out of one of his 70s strap cards. Smash it and it turns to the At least the audience got a broken neck and half a body. And We've all whatever. got favourite guitars, and you're, you're not really that inclined to smash it to pieces, no, are you? No, I've, I've thought about it once or twice. But. but usually on people, not just on the floor. Mm. <laughs> yeah, usually someone in front row that's getting right up me. No. We uh, we should mention at this stage, since John's just said that, that John is, well, amongst his many talents, is, is quite a good guitarist. And he plays a mean triangle. Uh, on broken guitars, on broken guitars, Kurt Cobain's <laughs> Black Fender has been up for auction. And it was estimated to go for 60, between 60 and $80,000. I mean, what do you think it went for? Oh, uh, I don't think it went for that. I think it probably went for 40000 I'm going to go for the, the opposite angle. Forty. What are you going for? I'm going to go somewhere out of it. I'm going to go four hundred thousand. Eight hundred thousand. Eight hundred thousand. You think it's that valuable? Probably not as a as a guitar, but maybe to someone. See that sort of stuff. Well, to someone, yeah. To a collector. Well, it actually went for five hundred and ninety-six thousand dollars. Somewhere in between, me and you there. Yeah. So he would have he would have hated that. Probably. Probably. What? Yeah. Because they were just a, 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 a he would skin, and a lot of these instruments are just the cheapest things. I think. I think he might have changed with times. I don't know if it would. No. Mm, probably, possibly. It, it would the old, old. It would trouble young man anyway. Well, well, but the more famous and more money he got, the more famous and more money he'd have wanted. I like, well, like, no, like that was quite the opposite no, way now. The reason he killed himself was because he got more famous. <laughs> well, but, yeah, but he would have got, as if, if he wouldn't have been in that state of mind, and the more he got, the more he'd have wanted. Like the older, they all start like that, and they all end up wanting more. It would have been a matter of time until he was collaborating Regardless with Regardless of who you are. So you had to get past the 27 club. You do, that's a yeah. big one. It might have mellowed if it got past 27. It could know. have been doing the All-American Songbook. It could have been, yes. 
It could have been started. Oh, can you imagine that? If it got to that stage, that it are actually doing the All-American Songbook. It might have even been in the Full Fighters. <laughs> that would have been even more interesting, I suppose, yes. I don't think we'd have had Fools, would we? And then Dave Grohl would have been on drums. Yeah, <laughs> gone back to drums. I like Rescue that he's just done, the new track of the, the release from the forthcoming album. Yeah, yeah. I, I, think, it's, I think it's very yeah. good. I don't like it. Yeah. Well, Sounds cheesy. I heard it. I, I think it's like, very is this someone rock trying to pop. beat them? It's very rock pop, but I think it's it's not a bad stab at what the... I'm hoping it's a grower because at the moment I'm thinking it's a bit cheesy. It's a bit predictable. I think films have always had that element of pop in them. Yeah. Yeah, they have. Uh, yeah. It's, it's like a driving sort of pop that takes it into rock territory, if you like. It's a bit smooth rock. It's not raw rock, this, though. It's a bit... I'm not going to say overproduced. It's well-produced if it were Def Leppard. Yeah. Have you heard it? They've done some acoustic stuff, really. No, I don't. Moment, I haven't, they? no. Def Leppard's done some acoustic stuff. Uh, uh, they've done their some of their back catalogue with an orchestra. Jeff, it's Jeff Jeff an orchestra <laughs> released at, uh, rec sorry, recorded at Abbey Road. It's called Savage... Garden. Not, no. Savage Symphonies, yeah. I believe. Sav yeah, I think it is, isn't it? I, I was listening to Planet Rock with uh, Joe Elliott's show, and he put two or three tracks in. Very, very good, actually. Is it? Very good. They've just played Ledman, haven't they? And it, again, it's, it's one of these reimagining sort of albums. Yeah. Uh, it's quite brave them to do it. Very orchestral. But I think Def Leppard, they've never been afraid of doing things like that. I mean, they have done acoustic albums. They have done a covers album. Yeah, they did, they've, didn't they? Uh, you know, I don't think they've ever been afraid of doing that. And they went for a while being the, the disco band, didn't they? Yeah. That earned them a lot of money, so they could... Gives them freedom to do whatever they want. The, the, the probably establishment now, Def Leppard, whereas I remember when they first went to America, everybody were slagging them for selling out. You know, so they've gone to America. Were they, ever, were, they, were they ever in, in England? Well, I think they, they sort of came up in that uh, that time of what we call new wave of heavy metal. And Joe Elliott hates that. Yeah. He says they, they, they're wrongly being pigeonholed in, into that sort of thing. So, and... When they went to America, they were having a modicum of success, and they did that song "Hello America." Mm. Everybody accused them of selling out. So England turned the back on them for a long while. America welcomed them with open arms. Well, it was the style of America at the very, time. We were, were all into exactly. different stuff in England, and but they I, went and did the air, air I think Everybody's forgotten that now, and welcomed Def Leppard back with open arms, and they are yeah. the establishment. And they didn't even care when they lived in Ireland for that long. Well, he's been there thirty odd years. Hasn't yeah, he come back to England now. No, he's in Ireland. He's still, he still in Ireland. Yeah. Uh, I went, only, one of, only one of them lives in England. That's uh, Rick Savage. Lives, still lives in Sheffield. Right. I know one of them. They were on about Sheffield. coming by. Yeah. Oh, wow. Sorry? I'm saying still lives in Sheffield. Yeah. Phil Cullen and uh, Rick Allen both live in States. Yeah. Uh, I think Vivian Campbell lives in States. He always got his place in Dublin. Uh, it's. Um, oh, what was I going to say then? No. Um, Speaking of Cher, does anyone know what Cher's real name is? Sherilyn Lapietri. No, it's Sherilyn Sarkisian. Big to differ. I mean, unless that's a middle name, but Sherilyn is definitely that. Lapietri is this a uh, Mr. Google's coming out. Uh, 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 uh. This is where we we edit, you see, and I, and I'm right. Oh, <laughs> All right, yeah. <laughs> the wonders of editing. <laughs> the wonders of being producer. Marvellous. And it's and it is. Our service says I am right. I don't believe it. Well well I, I don't, don't that's believe a birth it. certificate. I don't believe everything Wikipedia tells us. <laughs> this is just where, look, 
we can't obviously pull up uh, Bobby from the market facts, but it says here on the World Wide Web um, that Louis is correct. Does it say that exactly? Yeah, what it does. Yeah. It says, says spot on. Okay. What, what is her name? <laughs> Sherilyn Lapietra. Sherilyn Scarkissian. Darkissian. Scarkissian. Dark, oh, yeah, I've heard of Darkissian. Oh, and you've heard of Lapetia? Scarkissian. Sar. Sar. Okay, well, this is going to rumble on. I can see that, chaps. Oh, so I'm going to throw this one at you. Oh, Ow! I'm going to throw this one at you. Who wrote Hey Joe? Um, Tim Rose. Well, any advances on Tim Rose? I, w- I mean, my obvious, well, this is this is going to be an obvious answer. But it's the first version I'm aware of. I thought Bob Dylan. Ah, no idea. Well, I was over the obvious, uh, same as John. Now, I always thought it was Tim Rose, but apparently it wasn't Tim Rose. It was a bloke called Billy Roberts, and he copyrighted it in 1962. Tim Rose didn't do it till 1966, the same year that Hendrix did it. And I thought that was amazing because I've always thought it was Tim Rose. Mm-hmm. And me. Yeah, but it wasn't. It, unfortunately, it wasn't. Well, or, is that, or is that fortunate? I don't know. Well, I'll take that fact and I'll, I'll raise you. Hey, sorry? I'll take that fact. I ain't finished yet because right. what he said was, in his defence, Tim Rose said in his defence was, oh, yes, I've been listening to that song since I was a child. I remember my mother singing it. Oh, wow, it's old then. No, 62 it was painted by this uh, Billy Roberts, so he can't have been hearing it in Florida when he was a young child. It was a lie. But is it one of those uh, that you see often on records where it says traditional? Is it based off a a traditional mm, song from way back when? I don't think he could have copyrighted it if it were, but for some reason he copyrighted it. Well, if you look at Led Zeppelin's first album... Oh, I do. A yeah. lot of that says traditional. Yeah, but it wasn't. Yeah, and no, they didn't get co-writing credits for, until donkey's year later. They ended up getting te- taken to court. Yeah, yeah. And then they gracefully agreed to give it. Oh, well, then we'll give you a slice of cake. Mr. Page is a wonderful businessman. Or a mean get. Plagiarism rules, don't it? Yeah. Well, yeah. it's where you manoeuvre between the lines is the art of creativity, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's like com- bowling. Another conversation to be had there, but... What, uh, reading between the lines? No, interesting episode of yours with, with the uh, Owens Watt business, you know, the chord sequences and... Legal oh, rights yeah, music. Yeah, yeah. It is a big subject, though, isn't it? Yeah. And it's, 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 it can create a lot of arguments, that one, though. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, so I'll take that fact and I'll, I'll raise you. Um, who was a best-selling author at age 15 with his biography, Life is Just What You Make It? Musical artist at 15. He was a best-selling author. Mm. He's, he's a musician. Oh, he's a musician. A very well-known and popular musician. It's not Double G, is it? I'm no. thinking... Not 15. It's Bowie or Dylan. And it's it's called what? Life is just what you make it, which is a bold statement to make when you're only 15. Elton John. I, I, I really don't know. I really don't know. I mean, it's quite obvious, but I'll just tell you. It's Donny Osmond. <laughs> Really? Yeah. <laughs> but no, he was a best-selling author. There you go, at age 15. Uh, <laughs> didn't see that one coming, did you? No, I didn't. Was he? Was it Was it in The Guardian that he got that rating? <laughs> or oh, was it in the it Teen it, Fan Club? It was son. The Teen yeah. Fan Club for the Osmonds. What a title yeah, for yeah, a book cool. when you're only 15. Life yeah. is just what you make it. I know. But yeah, you know, people do strange things when they're young. To do, and I'm going to give you a good example of that. I'll say double G because 19, no. nine, this year, 
It's quite an, a, a pivotal year in regards to music. 50 years ago this year, Tubular Bells were made. And Mark Caulfield, when he made it, he was 19. 19? 19. And 50 years ago this year, Dark Side of the Moon were made. Yeah. Dark Side of the Moon was made, correct. Yeah, yeah. I was leading on to One that. of the greatest years in rock music history, 1973. Yeah. It's very much pivotal. Look, look at the albums that came out in that year. Well, I've, got, I've, I've actually wrote a few down. I'll just I'll continue with my Orfield in that it did it in downtime at Virgin Studios, new studios, which was the Manor Studios. The Manor... When, it was the first called The Manor, and it was the first album on Virgin. Yeah. And he did it in downtime, and they weren't quite sure what to do with it because it's, it was quite, it was obviously very different at the time. It's still quite different now. And then they thought, well, all right, we'll, we'll run with it. And look what's happened. Sell it to Exorcist. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, them, them singles that came from it were brilliant. Like a good soundtrack <laughs> to an horror movie, then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it did. And that actually, actually sold it. Oh yeah, that's when I hear tubular bells, I just think Exorcist. There's no other thing that I yeah. think of. But my girlfriend, when she hears tubular bells, she thinks Christmas music. <laughs> Bit of a difference. Well, yeah. Oh. Yeah. And you've got on the same year, Aerosmith released their first one, Aerosmith. Bruce Springsteen did Greetings from Ashbury Park, being there. Uh, the Stooges did Raw Power. Pink Floyd, as we mentioned, did Dark Side of the Moon. The Faces did Ooh La La. Uh, Eagles did Desperado. That's a good album. Big. David Bowie did Aladdin Sane. ZZ Top did Trey Ombre. Genesis selling England by the pound. I think the two that actually tipped the balance in this year was Led Zeppelin did Houses of the Holy as well. Some massive albums there, weren't yeah. they? And can anybody tell me this one? Touch Me. Uh huh. Gary Glitter. Correct. Oh, God. <laughs> Here he is. Here he is. <laughs> Now, you've got to understand, listener, land, that no. we only mention Gary Glitter derisory. We don't like him. We didn't like him then. We don't like him now. But he's a, Three of us do. He's a point of humour. Yes, it's one of those things where where These when people make jokes about the Nazis and World War II, it's when it's so bad, there's only one way to look at it, and that's to take the mick. Yes. Yes, that's it. That's what we do. An interesting fact for you. About he's actually a doctor. That's an interesting fact. <laughs> An interesting fact for you about the dark side of the moon. <clears throat> no, Houses of the Holy, sorry. When they got Hypnosis, which is the design company, to do the front cover for it, uh, the first concept was an electric green tennis court. And on that tennis court was a giant tennis racket. And that was, that was conceived by Storm Thurgson, who, who ran uh, Hypnosis. And uh, when Jimmy Page says, oh, right, okay, yeah, I get that. Uh, um, just give me the uh, narrative behind that. What's what's the thinking going on there? And Storm just turned around to him and said, rack it. Oh. <laughs> so consequently, Storm got the sack. <laughs> and the, Yeah, Storm got the sack and, and, Jimmy walk, and Jimmy walked off and a chap called Long Paws got it. <laughs> Long, that's a strange name for Ed, a chap. Edward Longpaws. Yeah. yeah. And Longpaws got it. Yeah, and, and another chap got the... And they went to and did oh, the, really long the, the steps in Ireland, and and that's the, that's the cover that's on there, Hours of the Orley. But 19, 1973, all these albums that came out, classic albums. They were pretty Albon. prolific at time, weren't they? I mean, first, first album, Zeppelin, pretty prolific. 
First album, 71. Second album, 72. Yeah. Third album, 73. Yeah. How's it? No. How's it that the only can't have been 73? It says so. In my because you've got, you've got Zep 1, you've got Zep 2, you've got Zep 3, and then 4 is uh, the Stairway to Heaven album. I'm quite prepared to be wrong, but according to my um, list that I looked at, I know, it just uh, they were on it. It was released on the 28th of March, 1973. Mr. Google Tool, Mr. Fox Nil. <laughs> but was it was it on, was it released by Cher? It was released by Cher. Oh, okay. In nineteen seventy three. <laughs> but that's that's and that that list of albums that I gave you. Right. So the first album, Zeppelin album, must have been sixty nine. I think it was. Sixty nine, seventy, seventy one, seventy two, seventy three. What I find fascinating about about things like that. So you have it. Queen, yeah. Queen's album came out that same year as well. The first Queen album were in seventy three. Yeah. The Trident. But the list goes gone. I bet you could add an extra 20 albums to that that you would say, really? They're all classic albums. Yeah. It was a very big year. What yeah. year's John yeah. did you say Zeppelin what albums? 73. I thought the first one was 16. Well, I'm, I'm re revisiting the first one must have been 69. Yeah. What? And second. So they did two in one year, yeah. yeah. So Zeppelin one, one, two, one, two was 69. Three, three is 70. What about Zep 4? Uh, then it says untitled album, which is 71, it's, which is 4. Yeah, officially 71. known as Zep 4. Yeah. Unofficially known, sorry. And then Houses, 73. Right, I've got me. Physical, chron 75. Chronology wrong. You must be using uh, Yahoo or something. 79, at last one we're in 82. Coda. What did you think to In Through the Outdoor? Uh, not as bad as people... Oh, I, did, I thought it was absolutely shameful. One of my favourite albums of Zeppelin is another one that gets a bad press, Presence. It did get a bad press. I think that was about 76, 77, maybe. I might be wrong again. But I thought it was a cracking album. There's some great tunes on that. Achille, yeah. Achilles' Last Stand, opening track, 13 minutes long. Just incredible. I mean, just for that alone. Uh, and then you've got T for Two, which Joe Bonamassa did an amazing version of. Uh, Nobody's Fault But Mine. Some great. What year, John? Did you say? Oh, which album? I thought it. I'm thinking seventy six, seventy seven, something like that. Presence. Presence seventy six. Seventy six. Yeah, and then great album that. In through the outdoor seventy nine, and last one was Coda in eighty two. But that got a lot of bad press at the time. Coda, uh, Presence. Oh, Presence did. Yeah, yeah. They had several covers for that as well, didn't they? They had about three More or four. Them had got that obelisk on. Yeah, but there's about four or five versions of it, isn't there? Yeah. Depending which country we're living in at the time, I think. Another little fact about uh, House of the Orly, when they toured it in America, they did 14 concert tours. And when they got to Tampa, they got, they did, yeah, there was a crowd of 56,000 people that attended it. That was a world record at the time. Uh, for, yeah, for a crowd attending a single band concert. And that's without a big TV prompt, I think. Or internet. Yeah. But nowadays, that's, I mean, you get, if you're big enough arena, you're going to get 100,000, aren't you? 200,000. I was watching a program. On a beach, it's going to 180,000. It was a YouTube program about um, sound design for big, large festivals and outdoor uh, gigs. And the difference between now and then. Yeah. And like the sound back then would have been pants. It would have been echoing. You'd have had a delay to what you actually yeah. seen. Did well, so Jones Duke Beach in Brazil? It's like Rio. Over, over a million people attended. Yeah. At the time, it was a record. Um, yeah. They had their own specific built bridge from the hotel yeah. room to the beach. 
Well, of a million people on beach, as you do, watching a, you just can't imagine that, can you? No, a million people on the beach watching a concert, and again, so the sound. I can't, so you've been watching the TV. I can't visualize that. I, I have problems with arenas, so a million people on the beach is not working for me. No, I just can't visualize that at all. But I think a lot of people go to these events like just to purely say that they were there. Yeah. That, that, oh yeah, and and yeah. if you asked them what the recollections were, what did it sound like? Were they good? What songs did they do? Often they've been asleep. Yeah, they've got a selfie of themselves. The vi no, well, in Rio and that stuff. Maybe before mobile phones as well. Then but. the vibe of it would have been electric. Yeah, I'm sure it would. I, yeah. I bet often were asleep, pissed up. But you know the fact, just to say yeah, that's always been the way. Yeah. Well, what, yeah. do you, what do you remember of it? Nothing. Just wasn't the. I mean, I, I saw uh, Zeppelin at Nebworth. Did you? Yeah, when uh, Keith Richards and New Barbarians were on. What do I remember of it? Very little. Is that because you just got swept up in the emotion of it, or I think uh, it was emotional? <laughs> no, you got swept up in John Smiths <laughs> oh, and other things. You couldn't see properly <laughs> and other things. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, they did two shows there. Why? Would it? And it was great, but you know, what do you remember of it? Well, well, then we've all been to shows that do you want to remember them? <laughs> it's true, though. Like, what do you remember? I mean, aside from, like, you know, being overly intoxicated, what do you remember from a gig? It's more like the gig experience isn't necessarily song by song. It's like one unit of experience, isn't it? You know? You can't remember individual songs. No. You remember, like... I enjoy it as a whole. Yeah, like a unit of experience. Yeah, everything that, you know, the, the going to, the coming away from, the, the watching it. The whole, view. the whole package. Yeah, the whole day out. Yeah, that's, yeah because the, you're that intent on, on taking it all in, aren't you? It's like going to see a comedian and then you come away from gig and they say, well, tell us, what, what, what did he say? say? What did he say? Yeah. You can't remember. Can't yeah. remember. No. no. But when you go to a gig, you just think, like, it's, we've been to see several bands play and you say, what what did he play? No idea. Mm. Did he play so? Oh, I think so. Um, but it's not that you're not paying attention. You are. Well, I do. I try and take it in. I try and absorb as much as I can. Yeah. So I can lock that in my memory somehow. But if you remember back in the day when we all used to go to concerts, I mean, we're about just, you'd probably go with a bunch of lads. Let's all have some ale. Let's have a great time. You, you struggle to come away from that concert with any sort of pinpoint memories that you can say, yes, I remember that. Until somebody else might say, well, I remember that. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. There's so, only there's only certain things. Yeah. It's like when I went when I saw faces at Queen's Hall. I remember getting dragged over at towers by bouncers because we were climbing up uh, lighting rigs, and I remember Ronnie Wood breaking some strings. But I don't remember what songs were played. Yeah, I can't even remember whether the songs you break those strings on. I've no idea. I can't even remember yeah. whether Tetsu Yamauchi were playing bass, but he were because Ronnie Lane had left. And that's all about just immersing yourself in the the whole day and yeah. Yeah. When you you know, if you're a bunch of lads or whatever. Well, you can't remember whether or not you high fived Steve Taylor, did you? Steve Taylor. Steve Taylor, yeah. You, you see, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, this is one of them Oh, he remembers. He remembers. That, an, that annoying git. He's never washed his hand. He's like that. In <laughs> America, he happens. said, I was once in England and Jeff were walking onto the side of his fence and me and fat bloke high fived. Me and big love. You see, you run it through your mind that many times that. It's like a Chinese whisper within your own head. You convince yourself, don't you? You convince yourself that something's happened. I think and, it's and, and then you convince yourself. Off, and then you convince yourself that you don't want to be beggared, beggared and say, 
oh, I can't go around telling for this. Oh, oh yeah, I've five detail. I think so, so that creeps yeah. in as well. And then I'll, what you do, you just tell everybody on a podcast. Then I don't tell anybody. I don't tell anybody. <laughs> a couple of times. I mean, I don't think you know, did tell you? Five million Louis, listeners no. on a podcast. Wayne yeah. didn't know that that had happened, but Louis obviously did because I, I told him. I think you did. Yeah. At least a hundred times. At least a hundred. You're wearing a t-shirt now that says "I'm high five Steve Tyler." I think when you go to a gig, sponsored by Northern Rock. Now the Philippines knows. <laughs> when you go to a gig, you get trapped in that in that atmosphere, don't you? And there's that much going off. Yet your head can't take it all in. Well, I'm the type so of person think, that tries to play that down rather than play it up. Yeah, but I just don't think, as a human, you can. I think there's that much going off, lighting songs oh crowd, sorry right i see what you mean now and there's everything going off i thought still i5 in steve tyler with, <laughs> no within that hour and a half gig there's that much going off that you just physically can't take everything in you probably can remember the last five minutes you, you know that's the worst bit isn't it mm. You might get... like john says when somebody says yeah but what about when they did songs oh you think oh yeah they did yeah that was second song no, I won't tell you any running order, it, any gigs I've ever seen. like that. I could not tell you any running order no, of any I mean gigs I've ever you, seen. you remember it when you're prompted. But when you come out at gig and you say, what, what, like, it was brilliant. But all it, you're it's, really it's, remembering it's last five minutes. It's more like, for me, one calls. Did, the, did the play X, Y and Z? They might have done. I don't know. It depends what album they're touring. <laughs> if they're touring that album, yeah, of course they did, yeah. I've mentioned it before, but I'll, I'll, I'll say it again. I enjoy it. Although I participate in it, it's when you go to a gig and the artist will say something to the crowd, it'll talk, you know, have a bit of banter with the crowd. And they'll make a very feeble joke, but the whole audience will go, Oh, yeah. They'll lap it up. And now you the called sycophants. No, for a while, it's not that funny, but you'll find yourself involved with going, Isn't it funny? But it's not actually, it's quite basic. I went to see Crowded House last year and Neil Finn. He talks about the security staff, about hooking up with members of the audience. And I've since seen some footage from Crowded House way back in the day when they were big, when they were probably one of the biggest bands in the world. And he's doing the same thing then. Really? So he's still, you know, 40 years later, he's still trotting this same line out oh God. about the security, you know, the line of security in front of stage and hooking up with somebody in the audience. And it's still the same line. Wow. Did you ever get tickets for Hollywood Vampires? No, it's no. a random question. You don't end up going to It's... I wanted to go, but it's on a Wednesday, isn't it? Yeah, well, that was the thing that put me off because I'd have had to have Wednesday off work. But they're doing, work. they're doing Manchester, aren't they? On this and the other thing that put me off is... They're doing O2. I mean, it's a good line-up. Joe Perry, not Joe Walsh. Not Joe, <laughs> Joe Walsh has been the other. No, he hasn't. He has. No, he hasn't. There's no one to solve this, and that's a fight. An audio fight. <laughs> or, anyway. Or Google. Lost my thread now. Joe Perry. Uh, yeah, great. Alice Cooper, brilliant. Rock royalty. Uh, your man, can't remember him. Johnny, Johnny Depp. I don't know who the bass player is. I don't know who the drummer is. Oh. And I I only know the covers that they've put on YouTube. Yeah. I don't know any of their, and I'm sure they've, they have got original. And I weren't willing to take a punt on three covers. Yeah, you don't really want to spend that much money just to see Johnny Depp sing. Do a cracking version of Heroes, Bowie's Heroes. Just good, that, isn't He'll it? He'll do yeah. isolated. Johnny Depp singing that, that, isn't it? Sorry? It's Johnny Depp singing that. Yeah. Yes. It is a good and version. They do a really good version of it. But I weren't willing to take that punt on just two or three covers that I'd heard. 
I mean, I'm sure it'd be good. I'm sure they'll put a good show on. But I find it uncomfortable how low Johnny Depp has his guitar. When I was watching the Jeff Beck tribute, he has his guitar to a point where it feels like it looks like he can't play it just because it's so low. It must be awkward. Yeah, just. Yeah, but look at Slash. He has it exactly the same, and he can play it. Yeah, but Slash doesn't look like it's struggling. But his his fretting hand, it swings it up in a vertical position so it makes it more comfortable. See, when I play a Les Paul, I have it slung much lower than when I play a Strat. Now, why is that? I don't know. I I don't know. I have no idea. It's heavier. And the further down, I don't think the further down you have it, the lighter it becomes. Has any bearing on it? Johnny Depp playing a Telecaster, but he's playing it like he's falling out the back. A Telecaster, I do. Do you know that low slung? But a Strat, no, I have it a bit higher. So do you know Hollywood Vampires have only had one album out? Have they? And on it are guests: uh, Paul McCartney, Dave Grohl, uh, Christopher Lee, oh, and Joe Walsh. Oh. Google three, <laughs> Mr. Fox nil. <laughs> but in, in my defence, in my defence, more than no, in my defence, I'm saying that Joe Walsh would never remember of Hollywood Vampires, and you've said twice, well, I, yeah, I did on I, your I, podcast I did, that he's a member. I honestly thought so. It 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 would so what? Joe Walsh was a a, a, a regular member. I, th- I think the core members are who we think they are, but the, yeah. the, the people that are brought in are just guests. Yeah, It's I, like, I, 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 I'm I, down for uh, October setting, but I don't know whether I'm going to be able to attend or not. I'll yeah. leave you with that one. Well, I'll tell you that. Playing I, bongos. I tell you that. I'm not I, even playing any instrument. I'm I just will, dancing. I'll right. with you. I'm not going to that concert. No, I'm not. I'm not <laughs> that one. It's the man doing the old knee shuffle for about half an hour. Jazz hands to finish. It's going to be a very long gig. <laughs> So I've got a, a quick random question. You could only have one guitar pedal. What would you have? I mean, that is random. It's disjointed. For me, it would have to be some form of delay pedal. A delay? Yeah. And why? I like, because you can either set it fast and get that slap back, you can set it a little bit slower and it widens the sound, or you can go long and go into this sort of ambient atmospheric stuff. For me, a, a delay pedal of some sort, uh, it sort of fits everything that I yeah. want to do. That's your go-to pedal. I would like a delay pedal of some sort, yeah. What would yours be? But this is all us assuming that the amp has got some form of overdrive on it. Yeah. What would mine be? I'd probably go, I like a little touch of reverb. Well... With a delay, you could get the effect of a bit of reverb, though, can't you? That's the yep. thing. Well, to be quite honest, I've never played through a delay pedal. I've uh-huh. had reverbs, and I quite like that. I don't like a lot of reverb, but I just like that just enough to make it a little bit more. Take the edge off. That makes sense. Well, I'm not enough of a guitarist to really pick a pedal, but if I were going to pick something, I would probably go for something like a wah pedal, because I can use it as a traditional wah, or I can just set it at any position within that wah to give me some sort of effect. Yeah, and point. I think I'd do that. Yeah. Does that make any sense to anybody? Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. yeah. And, and, it leads and me your good self? Leads me on to something when Louis finished. Uh, no, I don't, uh, maybe just a boost pedal. Uh, and uh, Because I'm using the loophole that John's made of um, assuming that the amp has got 
sit and search. So I'm assuming that the amp has got a little bit of reverb and a boost pedal just lift it up. Yep. Yeah. Going back to the Jeff Bake tribute concert, Kirk Hammett was on stage. Did he have the famous guitar? He did. He was playing Greeny's guitar and Gary Moore's guitar. But Kirk Hammett gets slaughtered on his lead playing for continuously playing on a wah. Really? Yeah. So they were, I forget what track they were doing. Clapton plays a solo. Billy Gibbons plays a solo. Is, is Clapton electric or is he acoustic? Electric. He's got electric. I thought he might have done an acoustic. They, they, may, they may have been some acoustic during the night. I don't know, but the, um, yeah. the footage... I don't know been. why. I just thought, I bet Clapton goes acoustic. So it comes to Kirk Hammett. He lays down a good solo. And I'm thinking, don't. Don't. What does he do? Steps on the wire. Yeah. And that's... He gets slaughtered for that. Every... You listen to any Metallica solo... He plays the war on it. He's got to have the war on it. And I thought, just leave it, please. On this one occasion, leave it. Why do you think he does that? It's a crutch. I think it's an emotional crutch is, for him. Is it covering yeah. up a multitude of sins? No, because the guy can play. There's no doubt that he can play. Got by Satriani. Yes, it was one of Satriani's pupils. They can play, but I just think, do, do you have to have the war on every single solo? Yeah. And on this occasion, I thought, leave it, leave it. No. He never seems to play like big extended solos, it, though, does he? It, it it did steal the show on that particular. Did you? Track. It, yeah. It was a blistering solo, but I'd rather he'd have done it without the war. Without, uh, uh, maybe just to bring it in as an embellishment rather than just play it continuously. Well, he did a bit, and then he brought it in. Oh, he, right. He just yeah. two or three minutes of it, but. I w I would like to maybe hold this episode to a conclusion uh, with a, a very subtle segue and <laughs> say, um, can you tell me? Who holds the world record for having the most solo top 40 hits on the Billboard Hot 100? Uh, and this person would be a teenager. What teenager has the most top 40 hits on the... Justin Bieber. Okay, that's that's your answer, Wayne. You're saying Justin Bieber. Mine, it's, it's a teenager, it's, it's with, a teenager the most with the most top 40 hits on the Billboard Hot 100. Ooh. Uh, uh, is this a current teenager? I, d I don't want to give you any more information. That was Unless a question you, you, I want to ask, but I know he won't answer it. Yeah. Well, they're no longer a teenager. I, I've got a feeling it's an old... It's an Michael old, Jackson. I say, Michael Jackson. Okay, we've got Justin Bieber, we've got Michael Jackson. Who are you saying? I'm going for one Osmonds again. I'm going for Jim, uh, Johnny Osmond. Nearly went for Jimmy. Nearly went for Jimmy, but Jimmy only had one hit, didn't he? You're saying Donny Osmond? Uh, yeah. Oh, all right, you're right. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Good night, everyone. And Good. just wait one more one. Don't forget, leave comments. You know what to do with it. And in the words of Tina Turner, we are simply the best. Well, yeah, it's not like you're a private dancer. Uh, <laughs> and we'd like to thank John for being on today. Thank you very much, John. Uh, thanks for having me, guys. See you yeah. next time. It's been wonderful.